Mike, it's summertime here in the Northern Hemisphere. I feel like we need to go on some sort of summertime adventure. I like that you understand the, the, the nature of the show, right? Like the, the global nature of the show and decided to put Northern Hemisphere in. You know, I, I yes. like that. People are going to appreciate that. But what kind of adventure are you looking for? Do you want to go like, I don't know, canoeing or something? What do you want to do? I was thinking like something relaxing, like a remote island getaway. I've heard the Caribbean is pretty good this time of year. But I feel like we're going to sea land or something. <laughs> you know me so well that I'd pick something obscure, or maybe you just looked at this document before you hit record. No comment. Today, we're going to Hans Island, a small, uninhabited, that means no one will bother us, uninhabited rock. There's a downside, it's north of Greenland, so there are not going to be any tropical drinks. Oh, man. Well, there's a lot of ice, though, if we do bring any of our own. <laughs> Let's talk a little about geography, everyone's favorite subject. North of Greenland is a large island named Ellesmere Island. That's part of Canada. The waterway between them is known as the Nares Strait. A section of Nares Strait is called the Kennedy Channel, and that is where Ahans Island is located. The strait at this point is 35 kilometers wide, that's 22 miles, placing the island within the territorial waters of both Canada and Denmark. Hey, Stephen, did you know that Greenland is sort of part of Denmark? <laughs> Of course, I know that, but why don't yeah. you enlighten our audience? So it is claimed by Denmark on behalf of the Greenland self-government and also by Canada. In 1933, the Permanent Court of International Justice declared the legal status of Greenland in favor of Denmark. Denmark claims that geological evidence points to Hans Island being part of Greenland and therefore that it belongs to Denmark by extension of the court's ruling. It's like some sort of geographic pyramid scheme yeah it's like oh we're gonna take that part and then because we have that part we also have the other bit yeah mm, it's confusing like i said this island is small it's just half a square mile in size measuring 4200 feet long and 3900 feet wide and of course the best part is no one lives there the island is named after Hans Hendrik, an Arctic traveler and translator who worked on the American and British Arctic expeditions in the 1850s, 60s, and 70s. However, centuries before that, Inuit living in northern Greenland or Denmark or Canada would have known the island and may have used it for hunting and fishing expeditions. While it was quote-unquote found by Europeans in the 1800s, the Danish celebration expedition of the 1920s was the first to accurately map the whole region of the northern Greenland coast. That's a great name for a trip. Celebration expedition? I want to go on that. What were they celebrating? Finding islands, man. Conquering the world. Mm, interesting. Since the 1960s, numerous surveys have been undertaken in the Nair Strait region, including seismic ice flow studies, mapping, archaeological, and economic surveys as well. Why do you do an economic survey of something where nobody is? Anyway, in 1972, a team consisting of personnel from the Canadian Hydrographic Service and Danish personnel working in the Nair Strait determined the geographic coordinates for Hans Island. During negotiations between Canada and Denmark on their maritime boundary in 1973, both states claimed that Hans Island was part of their territory, and no agreement was reached between the two on the issue. The maritime boundary immediately north and south of Hans Island was established in the Continental Shelf Treaty ratified by Greenland and Canada, and then submitted to the United Nations on December 17, 1973. At that time, it was the longest shelf boundary treaty ever negotiated, and may have been the first ever continental shelf boundary developed by a computer. We truly do live in the future. 
That treaty doesn't answer the question of the ownership of Hans Island, though, and instead skips over the island entirely. <laughs> That's one way to avoid the problem. You just ignore it. It's fine. So you may be wondering why it's so important to know who rules this little chunk of rock between Greenland and Canada. A big reason is research. Dome Petroleum is a Canadian oil and gas company, and they have studied the island and the area around it for years, following ice patterns and more. If the island is Canadian, that's not a big deal. But if it's part of Denmark, all sorts of hoops have to be jumped through. If both countries turn their back, there's no one stopping another company from doing bad things to the fragile environment there. With that in mind, the Danish and Canadian government signed an agreement concerning the marine environment in the strait in August of 1983. I'm just going to read you a little part of it. Oh, this sounds fun. <laughs> the agreement aims at developing further bilateral cooperation in respect of the protection of the marine environment of the waters lying between Canada and Greenland and of its living resources, particularly with respect to preparedness measures as a contingency against pollution incidents. I can't even read the rest of this. I don't, I don't care. But understand that it's good stuff. Good stuff. What they've said, basically, is even if they can't figure out what country it's a part of, they're both willing to look out for and protect this little stretch of water and the land that lies upon it. And that leaves me feeling good, but it doesn't mean that it ended all the back and forth. In 1984, the Danish minister for Greenland planted the Danish flag on the island. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and left a little message saying, welcome to the Danish island. Uh, I it's just so petty. He also left a bottle of schnapps there as well, a traditional Danish spirit. I guess it would get pretty cold. It's nice and chilled. Thankfully, Canada didn't go to war for this. That'd be the weirdest war ever. Canada versus Denmark, very strange war. We covered the Emu War. I'm not sure it'd be the weirdest war. <laughs> That's a good point. Instead, they planted their own sign, the flag of Canada, and a bottle of Canadian club whiskey. I kind of wish that all global conflicts were as adorable as this little one. After the 1983 agreement and all the alcohol being left outside, <laughs> really just littering at this point, things were quiet around Hans Island until 2004 when the story got picked up again. The Arctic Sea region has long been a subject of the dispute. Canada, Denmark, Iceland, Russia, and Norway share a common interest because they regard parts of the Arctic Seas as their own national waters. The United States and most European Union countries, on the other hand, officially regard the region as international waters. The Canadian federal government's 2004 budget was introduced on March 23rd, two days before the issue gained widespread attention. It proposed minimal increases to spending on national defense. Suddenly, some were using Hans Island as an example for stricter border control. A new article by Adrian Humphreys on March 30th, 2004 in the National Post claimed that Brian Herman, Canada's only diplomat in Denmark, was called before the Danish Ministry of Foreign Affairs to comment about his country's intentions in the dispute. On March 31, 2004, the Danish and Canadian governments denied that Herman or any other Canadian official was summoned to the Danish Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Both governments stated that the dispute was a long-standing issue and that nothing had changed. So maybe hashtag fake news. 
That's not to say there weren't tensions in the area, though. The Canadian military held an exercise with 600 or so personnel some 1,200 miles south of Hans Island that some called Foulover. The Canadian military denied that the exercise had anything to do with the Danish-Canadian territorial dispute. A new development came to light after Ambassador Peter Taxo Janssen and Canadian Defence Minister Bill Graham visited the island on July 20, 2005. The head of the International Law Department, Denmark's Foreign Ministry, complained to the press about the Canadian minister's unannounced visit to what he called Danish territory. It's really just cranking up the whole mm. thing every time. Yep. Thankfully, the two countries maintained a sense of humor in the dispute. The ambassador, whose name I cannot pronounce. <laughs> I don't think I did a good job of it either, to be honest. Blast right past it. Uh, he stated that when Danish military go there, they leave a bottle of snops. When the Canadian military forces come there, they leave a bottle of whiskey and a sign saying, Welcome to Canada. Negotiations in 2012 between Canada and Denmark, which are still not finalized, call for either a condominium or splitting the disputed island sovereignty in half. If the island were to be split by a boundary, it would create a second land neighbor for Canada and Denmark, each of which country only has one, the United States and Germany, respectively. Feels pretty nice to me, honestly, if they did that. But on May 23rd, 2018, Canada and Denmark announced the creation of a joint task force to determine the boundary between Canada and Greenland, including the fate of Hans Island. There is a little bit more to this story, and it takes place on the battlefield of Google advertisements. <laughs> According to an article in the Ottawa Citizen on July 27, 2005, Toronto resident Rick Broadhead saw an ad on Google stating, Hans Island is Greenland. Greenland natives have used the island for centuries, and which linked to a Danish foreign affairs webpage. That website stated that the Danish Ministry of Foreign Affairs had sent a note to Canada's ambassador to Denmark on July 25, 2005, expressing Denmark's regret that the Canadian Minister of National Defense had paid a visit to Hans Island without prior notification of the Danish government. Let me take a quick guess that the government denied that. They did. <laughs> I really hope that we get to do follow-up on this show at some point in the future where we can talk about the fact that Canada and Denmark now share this, this border. Or have gone to war over it. <laughs> we have lots and lots of bottles of alcohol. Uh, I'd like to thank Jeff for sending in this topic. Who knew so much energy and probably money has been spent on a tiny rock in the middle of a strait, in the middle of nowhere. If you want to learn more about Hans Island or these related topics, you can check out some links on our website, relay.fm slash ungenius slash 58. You get in touch with us there via email, or you can do so on Twitter. The show is at ungenius. You can follow Mike as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can find me there as I-S-M-H. Get in touch. Send in your show topics. Be cool like Jeff. And until our next international boundary dispute, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.